Amen. Was this shared with you the song earlier, peace, seeking peace. I'll pray this message would be speaking peace over you. Whatever your circumstances, whatever the laments of your life are now. And I want to give you a time to reflect at the end uh, on this as well. So if you got your sermon notes, grab those and let's take a, a look. And we're going to walk through our second week of Advent. Uh, if you don't have those, uh, just slip up your hand and, and we'll uh, have Mr. Vincent run them to you. <laughs> oh, sorry. Caught you by surprise there. Oh, see some hands up at home, Vincent, if you could take care of those. All right, all right. Hey, let's let's take a look at this. We're talking about peace. What is what is peace when you think about it? Sometimes we think of uh, no wars. We're at peace right now. But if you look it up and you actually think about it from a definition standpoint, it simply means this: security, safety. That is this peace, right? Now, if you were to look it up in the original language of the New Testament, when you see in Greek this word peace is written as well, guess what you find? The same definition, security and peace as well. And so when we considered peace of Christ, when we think about what this Christmas season offers in Christ, we understand where does security and where does this safety come from? A.W. Tozer puts it this way, a definition of peace of Christ. The tranquil state of a soul assured of its salvation through Christ. And so fearing nothing from God and content with its earthly lot of whatever sort that is. Whatever might come our way from God, whatever we might experience or have in life, there is this contentment. There is this security and safety found within Christ. And so we get a different understanding of peace and the peace Christ wanted to bring. And that's what we're going to look at this morning and singing over you this idea of peace, be still. Now, you might recognize that be still thing comes from the Old Testament, be still and know that I'm God. The word actually means there not just be still, but it actually means be quiet, to cease. And it's talking in terms of your mouth, right? To quiet yourself, listen more than you're speaking so that you might hear God experience God, and receive what God might be offering. So let's jump into this this morning. The passage we read for Advent is the passage we'll be looking at here, Luke chapter 2, starting in verse 8. Here's the first thing I'd like you to know regarding peace is to have peace. You are of great worth to God. You really are. In fact, this is something I think we struggle with because if you go into any Christian bookstore, I, I guess we don't go into those anymore. If you look up any Christian materials, you will see often our Bible study material is centered around identity, worth, and value. Our ladies' studies are written one way that way. Our men's studies are written another way. But they, if you boil them down, put them into the same camp, they're about identity. Who am I in Christ? What is my value? What is my worth? We have to be reminded of this all the time. If you're new to the faith, you need to know you're of great value and worth to God. But if you've been a Christian for 30 years, you need to be reminded that you are of significant value and worth to the Lord. Take a look at what happened here. Nearby shepherds were living in the fields, guarding their sheep at night. Now, that may mean nothing to you, that passage, but what it tells us is that shepherds were chosen here to go see Jesus. 
and really the first group, right, not counting Mary and Joseph, that gets to go and to see the Messiah born. Now, if I'm writing the story, or if you're thinking of the story, I mean, there are religious leaders of the day. They know the law, and they know the Old Testament. They know the prophecies about the coming Messiah better than anyone else, right? Why wouldn't you choose one of them to go and verify that this thing was true and this thing was real? You wouldn't think to choose shepherds. Now, it's true. When we think back, when we think back about Abraham, and we know that shepherding was a big part of what they did as well, and there was power and authority and money involved in that. If you had you know, a large livestock, this is a different time. This is talking about a different shepherd. See, here, uh, likely, these are hired hands. This is somebody else's sheep, and they are hired to go take care of them. This is a task that whoever owned the sheep likely didn't want to do themselves or didn't have time to do, so they hired them to do it. Now, uh, because of the uh, sort of caste system, you could say, of the day, shepherds were pushed well down in their worth and their value and how they were thought of. They were the ones that when they did come into town, they were pretty messy and gross from their job, right? And so they were looked at a certain way. Here's an interesting thing about this story. This is not the right season for these sheep to be grazing in this area, right? There was only really one group that would have still been here grazing sheep, and they were actually owned by, get this, the temple. The temple would have owned these sheep, and so likely they would have hired shepherds to oversee the sheep who one day would go and they would be part of the sacrificial system at the temple. That was likely the group that was, that was closest here. And so God chooses these shepherds to reveal himself in a certain way that they will be the first to see the Messiah. Not the temple leaders that very well could have hired them, right? It was these shepherds. That's an intricate detail of God speaking value and worth into people. You are significant. You're of value. You're of worth. Listen, in the kingdom, we look at sometimes, right? We'll go like, man, a pastor is of worth. I mean, you may not think that of me, but, you know, let's just stay in general. Or you might look on TV and say, man, that preacher is of significant worth, right? And value in the kingdom, but not me. I just work a normal job, right? I interact with five or six people in a normal job somewhere, you know? And guess what? If we look at this story and we would see this as accurate, you might be of more value for the kingdom because that's seemingly how God operates down in this area of people that from a religious point of view shouldn't be way up here. And God said, you're my person. You're of great value. You're of great worth. And you are. You are. We'll see it actually leads to a role God wants you to play. That's unique to even you, as we saw that with the shepherds. In fact, the prompting is from Colossians. Whatever you do, do it from the heart for the Lord and not for people. You know that you will receive an inheritance as a reward. You serve the Lord Christ. Whatever you do, whatever it is, in any way, you're of significant value. So do what you do as if unto the Lord. The second thing, have peace. Search for God's truth in who? In Jesus, right? 
Now, you saw there that an angel appeared. They're terrified. Last week, we learned that Mary was scared. But what was she scared of? The words the angel said, right? She didn't seem to be scared of the angel. I don't know. Maybe women, you're just more courageous than us men, right? So, but definitely the shepherds, they're freaked out, right? Um, and he speaks to him, and he says the same thing, same thing as to Mary. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Again, this is a way of the angel declaring, listen, God's got this. God's got a plan. Just hang on. Hear what I have to say. You'll understand all this. All right? Just hang on and say, this is not something you have to be afraid of. There's some things in life, right, that we get fearful of, that we're afraid of. If I'm in the house and we're upstairs and I know nobody, nobody's downstairs and noises start to happen downstairs, all right, I start to get a little panicked, a little, a little worried. What is going on down there, right? But the angel said, look, you don't, you're not going to have to be afraid of this one. Don't be, don't be afraid. Just listen to what we have to say and what I'm going to declare. They did. They say about Christ, and Christ has been born, and this is how you're going to know. This is how you can test it. And if they weren't freaked out enough, now the whole sky opens up with this heavenly host, right, proclaiming and singing. That's the setting here. But what's the message? That you're going to go and you're going to find the truth, God's truth, in Jesus, in this baby. You're going to go find the truth. Listen, they knew the Old Testament. They knew prophecies about the Messiah coming. They might not have known as well as the people that might have hired them to watch the sheep, but they knew things pretty well. Most of the Jewish men did. But here he's saying, test this. Go to see this Christ. Listen, do you understand what's happening here? That if temple official hired these shepherds to oversee the sheep who would one day be slaughtered at the temple for the remission of sins, that God is taking them off that task this evening and sending them to see a baby, the Messiah, who John the Baptist later says, behold, the Lamb of God, who what? Who takes away the sins of the world. And he is introducing something new here and sending the shepherds to be the first to lay their eyes on this new thing. No longer your sheep. It's this little baby. That's where you'll find it. That's where you'll find. Listen, I don't know what you look for truth in. I would love to say it's as simple as you're all Christians, so you always look for your truth in Christ, always. But I know how it really goes in life. We get sidetracked at times, right? We start to seek truth or fulfillment or contentment, joy in other areas. And we get down this path, we don't even realize we've done it, right? It, it may be a material possession. It may be something that holds an edge on you. I don't know what it is. But here he's saying, look, if you want to find truth and really know it, it's in Jesus. It's in Jesus. It won't be in long, prolonged sidetracks and, I don't know, uh, your political philosophies or things like that. That's pretty popular right now or, or those type of things, right? Nothing wrong with those things on, on their own, but you won't find the ultimate truth in any of those things. It's found in Jesus. Listen, he's saying this to shepherds providing for a sacrificial system, something that they had known their entire lives. And yet he's saying, go see this. This is where you're going to find God's truth. 
Listen, your invitation this morning, it doesn't matter if you haven't yet said yes to Jesus or you've been a Christian for 30 years. If in any way you've lost sight of the idea that your truth, your fulfillment, your value, your worth, your direction, your calling is found in Christ. If you've missed sight of any of that, this would be a morning to just pause, to hear the words, peace, be still, and to receive that once again to be directed once again on to Christ himself. Here's the third thing we see in here. Have peace, an encounter with Jesus is near. For them, it's right there. They get to go and they get to see the Christ child, the baby. Now, they understood what Messiah was, right? They would have known. They were looking for Messiah the same way a lot of people were looking for Messiah. Come, get us out of oppression, get rid of this Roman Republic, later empire, get rid of all this, and give us the restoration of Israel like our ancestors knew. They all thought this. So to go see it in a baby form, in a stable, in a manger, animals, hay, things like that, it doesn't seem very impressive. Now, anytime we see a baby, right, it's pretty impressive, right? We love babies. Pretty baby, ugly baby, doesn't matter, right? You never say it's an ugly baby, all right? So, um, but babies are wonderful, right? So I'm sure the baby part was phenomenal. But the whole setting doesn't seemingly seem magnificent. Certainly not on the Messiah level. But these guys go. It says they quickly went and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying. They in the manger, not the baby lying. So, um, but they go and they see it's exactly like the angels just said. They get to experience and encounter Jesus. And listen, the word is Jesus is near. There are people who are seeking in life. They're seeking all kinds. You might have been one of these people. You might be one of these people right now. They're seeking some, some people say, I'm on a spiritual journey, right? I'm seeking something. And this morning, I want to remind you, just like in the story, Jesus is near. An encounter with Jesus is very, very near for you. In fact, we speak in terms that God's presence is already here, right, all around us. And that's what they go and they experience, the nearness of Christ when they're calling here. Do you need to be reminded of that as a believer this morning, that Jesus is near? Listen, I've been doing it 30 years in ministry, some way, some, some form, right? And, and every year, uh, there's some message that's centered around trying to remind people the reason for the season, right? In fact, we're calling this simple Christmas, this season of the year. And basically, we're trying to remind you, there is this simple story of God sending his son, But inevitably, uh, many of us, and I say us because I get sidetracked too, we'll get caught up in the list that you need to shop for, the decoration that needs to go up, the parties that you need to plan or go to, right? Uh, The things that have to get wrapped up for your, your kids and their schooling, maybe the food that you have to, you know, maybe somebody has an expectation on you and you know, like, hey, I just gotta, it's just more peace if I just fulfill the expectation, right? And Karen, inevitably, We will build up the complexity of this, and it's very simple to kind of push this story to the side. I mean, we'll worship it, right? We'll read the passages at some point, right? Get to a few church services. But the reality is, if you didn't get any gifts, then you didn't give any gifts. 
if you didn't cook a single thing, a single cookie that you're giving away, if you didn't go to any parties, right? None of that. There would be incredible fulfillment in this simple story of God sending his son. God incarnate sent for us as well. The power of that. And that encounter is very near to you this morning. It's very near. And listen, some of you need to hear this because you're sitting there processing all those details of a complex Christmas I just talked about. You know it's rolling through your head right now, right? Strip it away and remember. Listen, I'm not saying don't give any gifts this year. I'll get you all my lists in just a little bit here so you can get my mind done. I'm saying remember the simplicity of the significance of what God has to offer. For have peace, your witness matters to God. Your witness for God matters. Listen what happened here. I mean, just in this simple encounter that we, what we find is when they heard this, listen, they reported what they had been told about this child. Everyone who heard it was amazed at what the shepherds told them. Look, at, you got to read how it says it because in just a minute, it's going to say they left and they returned. So where they're at right there, they are sharing it and reporting it to people right there where they're at, right there in Bethlehem. I don't even know who these people are, but whoever they immediately saw, they started to tell about this right away. It would be like this morning, right now, if one of you, like the Lord was doing something in your heart right now, was challenging you, and you were just getting like, man, Lord, yes, I needed to hear that. I'm, I'm surrendering right now. Let's go, Lord. And you just got up right now and just started to tell people around here while we just continued on with the service. That's kind of the picture we're getting. They immediately started to tell people about this. That's it was pretty amazing. That type of, of encounter with Christ. Listen, be honest now. You don't have to say it out loud, obviously. Those of you who have been a Christian a long time, does that describe your faith at all? Are there those times when you're just like, I got to share about this right now. I got to tell somebody close right now. I need to tell them. Your witness matters. The shepherd's witness mattered. Now, we know there was a strategic plan if you look at this, right? I mean, the shepherd's. Their job was uniquely designed that they would go all over the place to different towns and different cities and interact with different cultures. And so what a great strategy to share about Christ immediately. In fact, you could say the shepherds were the first missionaries because they would immediately go out, we learn at the end of this passage, and share wherever they went. But it started with an encounter with Jesus that they felt like they needed to share. Listen, Christians, We get so private about our faith, so it's me and God, that we've almost disciplined ourselves to not go share. We've almost disciplined ourselves to resist it if we feel like we should share. I kind of rein it back in, Tom, rein it back in. You know, this is between you and God kind of thing. That's not the picture we get. The picture is you have an encounter with Christ. You go share it. You share with Jesus. Or share with, some, with somebody about Jesus. How many of the people in your life, they may know you're a Christian. How many of them really know why you're a Christian? What has it done to your life? How is your life different because of Christ? That's what we call a testimony. 
them just knowing that you are a Christian, that's not necessarily a testimony. And so here what we find is they're going to go out immediately start sharing this. It kind of flows into the next, the next one as well. Notice the starting point and then notice the ending point. Have, have peace. Praise will overcome fear. The shepherds returned home, and what were they doing? Glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. Everything the angel said, it happened just like it had been said. They start with fear, and they end with praise and worship. And listen, I don't mean they, 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 they started with fear and then they ended going and, you know, singing a song from Elevation. You know, it, it was much, much more than that. I mean, there was something in their being entirely that they went praising and glorifying and speaking into this. Listen, I sat in my couch from about 12.05 to about 3 o'clock in the morning the night the Braves won the World Series a few weeks ago, Right? And I didn't have anyone in the room to actually verbally be praising and glorifying, you know, the Braves too. Um, but I knew if there was, you know, if this was four in the afternoon and I was going through the grocery store, probably everyone I passed would know the Braves won the World Series. Can you believe it? The Braves won the World Series, right? And they'd have been like, we don't care, right? So you should, right? That's what's going on. They are going and they are praising and worshiping and glorifying God Everywhere they go. It's hard to ignore people that are doing that. It's hard to ignore. Here's a sad reality. When you think about all the Christians you've known, maybe you've interacted in with the last five to ten years, you may describe one or two people like that. Two, three people. That there's this constant praise and glorifying everywhere they go. That's the picture we get here. They return home glorifying and praising Listen, I'm not just talking about, uh, you know, they got welled up with emotion and, you know, it just, it hung on for a few hours and then, you know, emotion goes away. This just seemed to become part of who they were from here on out. At least that seems to be the trajectory that we're getting in this passage. And so the reminder for you as well this morning is if you start with fear, maybe today, if you started with struggle, if you started with lament in your life, this is the pain, this is the frustration, this is the hurt, this is all these type of things. The reminder for you the same, it can end with you glorifying and praising God. It can end in that. Listen, they were still shepherds. They still worked for the temple. They still had a dirty job. Culture still thought of them a certain way. None of that has changed. But their outlook was completely different. They had encountered Christ. And they were praising and glorifying. And that's your invitation this morning. If in the middle of your struggle, your hurt, your lament, your fear, is to remember peace, be still, peace over you. And you can end in praising and glorifying God. I want to give you a time of reflection. And so for the next few minutes, I, I want to play for you this song I've been referencing and talking about and using as a metaphor this morning and let you just reflect however you would like and then I'll come back and close us in prayer.
I tried to be brave, but I hid in the dark. I sat in that cave and I prayed for a spark to light up all the pain that remained in my heart. And the rain kept falling down on the roof of the church where I cried. I could hear all the laughter and love, and I tried to get up and get out, but a part of me died. to be known I'll be seen and despised and be left all alone so I'm stuck in this tomb and you won't move the stone and the rain keeps falling somewhere the sun is a light in the sky but I'm dying in North Carolina and I can't believe there's an end to this season of night and the Death will give way to a birth, and the rain keeps falling down the soil where the sorrow is laid, and the secret of life is igniting the grave. And I'm dying to live, but I'm learning to wait in the rain.
peace over you. Father, we are grateful for a narrative passage that tells us a story. That, Lord, when we think about application of the story, we can think about how to put ourselves in the story. We can think about you are a God who work that way, and you can work that way in our life. For the person who's struggling with their worth and their value, Lord, I I pray peace over them. They would understand that you are one that loves them and calls to them. For the one who is seeking and needs an encounter with you, Lord, I pray your peace on them. That they would see that it's in Christ. They, they can have this, this fulfillment. And, and maybe you need to just put yourself in the right environment to hear from God. Be close to him. An encounter with Christ is near. For the one who is struggling with their witness, they don't think anybody cares or they're fearful to share you with others, Father, I pray your peace over them, that they would be impacted, be led out, and understand that their witness matters to you, just like the witness of what were seemingly lowly shepherds. For the one, Lord, though, that is camped in their struggles and hurts and pains and fears and laments this morning, I pray your peace over them, that they might be able to leave this church this morning to go about whatever else is on the, the agenda today, whether it's with family or activity, and they would go and they could be praising and glorifying you. Even if those hurts and pains and laments have not vanished and gone away, but they would go out and they would say, I'm praising, I'm glorifying. I pray your peace over them today and now. Lord, we thank you that an encounter with you transforms us. We pray in your son's name.